Have you ever wondered why you feel hopeless? Like, why do we feel hopeless when we live in a world of having anything? Have you ever felt like you couldn't go on? Over these last couple of weeks, we've been asking those kind of, kind of questions. And have you ever wondered if you could ever really, really get out of this cycle that you're in? Have you ever really considered that this endless cycle of like you get on top and it's like, okay, I don't need prayer and support now. And it's like, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Then, and you feel like, man, it's just this cycle of this. Have, have, have you been trying to, to make it on your own? Have you just like, well, if I work harder, then I'll get out of this. Have you ever just like walked through this life and had periods of time where you felt like, man, may I should just end it all. I mean, if this is what it's going to be, then it's just a cycle of up and down, up and down. Have you ever just felt like, like you ought to give up because maybe someone walked out on you? Have you, and your bank account is, is bankrupt? I mean, what do you do when the bottom drops out? What do you, where do you find hope that's secure? And where do you find real hope? I mean, a lot of people say, hey, let me tell you about this hope. I have hope in this product. I have hope in this possession. I have hope in this investment. Where do you find real hope? Hope that never lets you down. Hope that will walk you through those difficult times, kind of navigate you through. Where do you find the kind of hope that will never leave you, that won't just leave you by the roadside, that when you do have those low times where this hope comes in and says, you know what, I'm going to get you through this and nurses you back and, and brings you back and gets you back on the feet, your feet so that you can press on. Then says, by the way, I'm not just going to leave you. I'm going to continue to walk with you. Have you ever felt like your life is just too much of a mess, maybe that's not even worthwhile resuscitating? Have you ever considered that, there's, that it could be better than what you have it? Do you realize that there's a hope out there that, that where Jesus promises that we don't have to do life alone? Do you realize that when you trust in the real hope of Jesus Christ, that he can take your mess and turn it into something beautiful, that you don't have to manufacture it on your own, that you don't have to somehow be left alone and say, man, what am I going to do with this? That there's a God that has sent a son named Jesus Christ, and he's the eternal hope that he can take your messes and turn it into something beautiful. And while, after he turns it into something beautiful, kind of lift you up and press you on, that it's exactly what you needed? Wouldn't it be great if you knew that you could walk through your entire life with this advocate, this protector, this, this, this God that loves you, that he'll be with you through good times, hard times, bad times, sad times, all the times, and that all the while he's turning you into something beautiful with everything that you encounter, what if you had that kind of hope that no matter what you face, and no matter how low you got, God could take that, that there's hope available that could take and shape you and use that event to turn it into something beautiful and help you overcome instead of giving up. I think all of us need hope that we can finally overcome. Yet some of you in this room, you feel so messed up, so out of it that you don't feel like you have any hope. And it's like, man, no one could ever resurrect this mess. Well, I got good news. There is hope for you, too. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Take a look at this.
promises for those of us who have a relationship with him, who have taken this free gift of salvation, this eternal hope, and made it our own, where we've made him the Lord and leader of our life. He promises to take the messes of our lives, and he promises to turn them into something beautiful. He can take your condition that you're in, no matter how dreary it is, And he can take that condition and he can, no matter how low it is, he can take it and he can snap a new photo and say, this is who you're going to be. This is who I'm making you to be. There's a promise in God's word that says once we are his own, he can take our messes, our daily screw-ups, our daily things that we, we find ourselves not so proud of. He can take those things, and we don't have to stay there. We don't have to remain there. We don't have to be defeated by that. He can take those things, and he can help us to overcome. He can help us to move on. And not only does he do that, he can turn them into something beautiful, something great. That's what happens when we have this advocate, this father, this God that loves us, this eternal hope that no matter how much or how low or how awful the situation we find ourselves in based upon the poor choices, God promises to lift us up. He promises if we confess our sins to forgive us and he promises to take that mess, that relationship, that horrible decision and he promises this process called sanctification to turn it into something beautiful and right now he's taking your mess. Right now he's taking your life. Right now he's taking you because you are his and he's turned it into something beautiful. Yet the opposite is true. 
The very opposite is true for those who haven't taken this eternal hope, who haven't trusted in the eternal God, who haven't, who, try, who are trying to make it themselves, who don't have what we would say a relationship with Jesus, the eternal hope giver. For those of you who are trying to manufacture something that looks good, it's only temporary. You will soon find yourself, you will find yourselves at the bottom rung. And the only way is for you to try to climb out. It'll just be one step up, three steps under. Yet when you come to Christ, he promises, promises to give you real hope. He promises to turn it into something good. And when you find that kind of hope, when you finally say, someone introduces you to this hope and says, someone can really do that for me, you don't want to let it go. When you see it, you want it. It's like, I need it. Jesus is about to tell a story about a man that sees this. It's like, that's just too good to be true. There's no way human beings could manufacture that. There's no way. And so Jesus is telling this story to this group of followers. Hey, there is an eternal treasure so good that when you see it, you better grab it. When you see it, you better sell the farm. When you see it, it's worth holding on to. Grab your Bibles. Let me show you what that hope is. And turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers will put one in your hand. But turn to Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to read verses 44 to 52. We're going to see this this parable, this story that Jesus is telling about this treasure that's so good that when you find it, you should grab it and hold on to it. Matthew chapter 13. Stand with me and we'll read it together. Verses 44 to 52. Matthew 13 verses 44 to 52. Ready, read. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Look at verse 45. Read it with me. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house that brings out his storeroom new treasures as well as old. You may have a seat. Once you find it, you're never the same again, Jesus says. Once you find this treasure, you're never the same again. It's this picture. He gives a story. He said, A man's walking out through a field. He stumbles across this treasure that must be above the ground. And so he sees it, he knocks the dirt off of it, he knocks the brush off of it. He begins to get his knife out and begins to etch away at the edges. And he pulls up this treasure, it's like, wow, this is valuable. So valuable, it says, that he dug a hole and he hid it. And then he covered it up. And he went back home and sold the farm. He cashed in his 401. He sold his house, his cars, all his investments. He said, I am selling everything that I have now to get this thing here because it's so valuable. And then he said there's a merchant that saw a pearl that was so unique, something like he had never seen before, so valuable that he went back and sold everything because he wanted this pearl. He wanted this thing he had never seen before. It offered him more than everything that he owned on his own. So he said, I'm selling this so that everything, so I can get this during this time. Jesus' time was very common for people to bury things in their fields and in their yards. It was very common for for house owners and landowners to go out and dig a hole because they didn't have banks, they didn't have vaults. So if they had precious jewelry, precious possessions, they just walked outside dug a hole, stuck the valuable in it, and they covered it up with hopes that they would remember where it's at. So how did this man see this valuable? Because there were often skirmishes. There were often battles in their home country. And so you would go to war. 
And if you lost the battle, if you lost the skirmish, you were pushed out of your own land. And so that happened frequently. So people would be pushed out of their land, and while they were pushed out, they didn't have time to go back and dig up all their possessions. So the next landowners, the next renters would come in, and they would go out in the fields, and often they would find possessions. And there's this picture. This man is walking out across this field. He stumbles across. He had never seen it before. He says, wow, this is really valuable. So valuable that I'm selling everything to have this. And Jesus says, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is so valuable, this relationship with Christ, that if you have a chance for it, sell the farm. Go cash in all your investments. Make sure you don't leave this room without it. It's that valuable. He could hardly believe what he found, Jesus said. This traveler made a short-term sacrifice. Short-term sacrifice for a long-term investment. Now think about that for a second. It's so valuable that he sold everything short-term to have a long-term investment. Because the gift of eternal life is just priceless. You get a taste of heaven, there's no turning back is what Jesus said. I want to tell you and show you why this is so valuable. I want you to see that, that this thing today called eternal life is so valuable that if you have it, you're not willing to give it up. That when you hear about it, that you're glued in to listen to it. That those around you should hear it too because it's so valuable. For those of you who are Christ followers today, I encourage you to pray during this time. Don't check out because some of you experience this. Some of you already have this, and yet there are people in this room, there are people in the lake, there are people across our world that don't have, don't check out. Go to battle for other people in this room. Some of you, we have this, we've already checked into this eternal hope, and it's radically changed our lives. The Bible says we do not have to do life alone any longer when you have this hope. You have someone by your side. In every situation that you're faced, you have this eternal hope. The Bible tells us that, he, that this eternal hope, Jesus, can take the messes of our lives and make something beautiful with them, just like we saw in the video. Do you know what it's like not being a Christ follower? Some of you know. It hasn't been long since you weren't a Christ follower. But some of us have been saved for so long, we get to this point, we check out, we know what's going to happen next. Maybe today it will give you a fresh appreciation for what you have. Maybe today you'll, you'll walk out of here and won't take for granted because this is a priceless gift we have in Jesus Christ. Look what this gift does for you. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look what this gift does for you. Romans chapter 8 and look at verse 28. Don't be so familiar even with this verse that you just gloss over it. Look what Paul said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Paul says this, and we What? Help me out, help me out. Romans 8, 28. And we what? That in all things, God works for the what? Of those who what? Who have been called according to his purpose. It's the Greek word no. There's two words. There's no oida. It means a head knowledge. There's no gnosko, no by experience. And Paul was saying, we know by experience, that God works out all things for good. In other words, I've seen this happen in my life, Paul said. And God took that mess that I've made. God took that trial. God took that difficulty. And he worked it out for good. God promises to take your life and my life and work it out for good. It's not a temporary fix either. He's constantly working us out. He's constantly shaping us to be more like him. Isaiah 61.3 says it this way. He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. With Jesus, it's never over. He can take the ashes of this relationship that went south. He can take the ashes of this bankruptcy. He can take the ashes of this unemployment. He can take the ashes of this rebellious child. He can take the ashes of this disunity. He can take it and he can turn it into festive praise instead of despair. And Jesus said, once this man found this out in the field, nothing else mattered to him. It was an eternal hope. So we know there's a treasure of hope 
somewhere so good that once we have it, it's a game changer. Once we have it, it's like, we got to tell everyone else about it. Listen, you need to hear about this. In fact, the treasure is free, and it brings life-changing benefits. Let me give you a prime example of how good this hope is. This morning, as I was perusing through early morning, just going through the timeline on Facebook, I like to go through and see how I can pray for people. It's my way to turn social media into good. And so I was perusing through to see if there was any prayer requests, people that were needy, people that were hurting. I love reading them, and I, I pray for them. And often I'll comment, I just prayed for you. It's like I read the newspaper. I read through the newspaper, and I see events in our community, and I pray over the newspaper. It's a great way to stay connected and care for your community. So as I'm reading through, I saw this woman that I knew. She doesn't tend a grace, but I know who she is. She's a Christ follower. Let me show you what happens when you have this relationship with Christ and, and the community of Christ followers. You're grafted into this body of believers. She had this request. It was simple. It was early in the morning, so she must have been up late that night and up early that morning thinking about it. And it went something like this. Please pray for me. I'm on my own again. I'll make it somehow, but I need a vehicle. If you know someone that has a vehicle, please give them my number. Pray that I can find a vehicle. I saw this hopeless single mom crying out. And so Amelia prayed, and the Spirit, Holy Spirit prompted me, Jim, just come and share that on Sunday morning. First service, I walked into the service. And I shared this need just like I am now. I said, there's a woman out there, and I feel like the Spirit of God is saying, she's one of us. She's grafted into this community. She's a Christ follower, and we can help her. And so I said this. I said something like this. There's a woman that's out there that's on her last rung and wondering if someone can help her out. She's asking for hope that can come when you're grafted in, when you join these other followers, when you have this eternal hope. If you can help, do so. And I shared that. Immediately after services, we saw people come to Christ. After the service, I'm putting things away, and this couple walks over right where you guys are at, walked over and said this to me. Leaned over and said, Pastor Jim, we want to help out. We have a car that we'd like to give her. Can you tell us, can you tell, listen, listen, can you tell us, can you tell us how we can make that happen? We feel moved by the Spirit. In fact, he said, it's a good car. It's my daughter's car. It runs good. We'd like to give her a 2000 Lincoln. Now think about this. Not only did she get a car, it wasn't a Vega or Chevette. It's a Lincoln. She gave her 2000 Lincoln. I mean, not only did God help, but he gave her something even more than what she was asking for. So after the service, I went back into the office area here, and I grabbed on my phone, and, and, and I connected a Facebook message to her, and I connected a Facebook message to this couple, and I linked up these arms, and, and, I, and I knew this lady would most likely be sitting in church somewhere. And so I, I went back and checked after the second service, and just through tears, she said, I can't believe how good our God is and how much hope I have in him. Now here's a woman that could have been hopeless had she not had Christ. That could have been hopeless had she not had other followers that walk in the, the way of Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus is saying through this example that there is something so good, so available, that not only is it eternal hope, but this hope connects you to a body of believers that have the same hope that you have, that connect your heart with their heart. And when there's a need, they circle around you and care for you. The treasure is free. And brings life-changing benefits. Now, pull away and imagine for a second a truckload coming into your house for Christmas. Here's what comes with it. When you take this eternal hope. When you dig it out of the field and you say, wow, that's good. When you trust in Christ. When you want him as your personal savior. When he becomes your Lord and God. Here are just a few of the things, some of the benefits that come instead of trying to do life alone. Hebrews 13.5 says that we'll, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Suppose you're hurting and wonder if you can go on. Maybe you've just recently been let down by a friend or husband or wife. Maybe you cry yourself to bed at night because the pain's so deep. Maybe you're all alone and, and have contemplated suicide. Maybe you find yourself wondering, is there anybody out there? Listen, you come to Christ, he'll never leave you. Never. Now listen, man can never do that for you. But Christ promises to never leave you. 
He also promises that you never have to worry again. Matthew 6, 25 says, look at the birds of the air, free and unfettered, not not tied down to a job. They don't worry about their food. He'll provide for you. Listen, if you don't have Christ, if you don't have this hope, then you're on your own. You got to work. You got to make it. If you run out of you, then that's it. But with Christ, he promises to care for your needs, just like he did for this woman this morning. He also promises to have, keep no records of your sins and your wrongs. Jeremiah 31, 34 says it this way. I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. You talk about an incredible gift. You don't have to worry about condemnation. You don't have to worry about guilt. It says that not only does he not keep record of them, he chooses not to remember them as far as the east is from the west. God will never bring up your past and hold it against you. Once you come to Christ, you confess he is free to forgive. Imagine not having to carry that baggage, all that dark stuff from your past, all those things that you were tinkering in and toiling in this week. Christ is willing to forgive you of that. And you don't have to worry about him holding it up and accusing you of it. Satan wants to, but God said, no, covered by my blood, I took it to the cross. Jesus is willing to keep no records of your wrongs and your sins. Man will, but Jesus won't. He promises that you will always be loved. Turn to Romans. It's worth reading this. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Don't check out with Romans chapter 8. Don't look at this and say, I'm familiar with this. May a breath of fresh air just fall upon you as you read God's word again. Don't don't just let a monologue voice come from this. Think about the benefits. Let it hit you again and just say, wow, God. Look what happens when you take this eternal hope. Romans 8, 31, ask the Holy Spirit to give you a fresh, fresh view of Scripture. Look what it says in Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can what? Be against us. Then it says this, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us how much things? All things. Then it says this, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or no vehicle or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, look at verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than what? Through him who loved us. And then Paul says this. Now, Wrap your mind around this again. Just ask the Spirit to let this be fresh to you and not just something that you already know. Listen to these powerful truths that come with this eternal gift. For, Paul said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to what? From from the what? That's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Once you come to Christ, nothing can separate you from him. There's nothing that you could do that's so evil and so sinful that Christ won't stay by your side and help you get out of that condition you're in and turn it into something good. Can you imagine having a bodyguard 24-7? Do you imagine this? Seriously, think about this. We have angelic messengers, angels, that protect us. I believe when we get to heaven one day, that we will see as he sees, and we will begin to see how often that delay that we were frustrated by, how often that that timing of God stepped in, and we thought, why is it taking so long? Where an angel stepped in and blocked the way to keep us from harm. So right now, you have angels guarding your way. Another benefit of this, this eternal hope. You have comfort when you're hurting. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. On this side is a promise that when pain comes your way, it'll be bearable. Even when it's unbearable, Christ will comfort you through the difficult times. He also promises to provide every need. Philippians 4, 19 says, God will supply all my needs. The promises is God will not hang you out to dry. So here it is. When you take this eternal hope 
It's like, wow, this seems too difficult. God promises to supply all the needs that you need in Christ Jesus. There's incredible benefits. That's like six of 6,000 benefits that come when you take this hope in Jesus Christ. The cross is an anchor of our hope. Over the last couple weeks, we've been talking about hope. We've been talking about sending hope, and we've been talking about receiving hope. We can receive hope when we come to Christ. And so Christ is our able to, to, to give us this hope. And the only way you can give this hope or send this hope is if, in fact, you have received this hope. Jeremiah, can you help, can you help me out here a second? You either have the hope When you have it, you're able to send it. And when you do, think about this for a second. When you were given the hope of Jesus Christ, when you received it, when you took it into your hands, it changed you. It allowed you not only to now have it, but you're supposed to give it. And the place it originated was on the cross. Hope began at the cross. Hope comes as a result of the work of Jesus on the cross. The only hope that you have that's eternal is done by the work of Christ on the hope. We've been talking about receiving it, and we've been talking about sending it. Christ, when he came and went to the cross, gave us hope. It's available to you and to everyone. The Bible tells us that Jesus was willing to go to the cross and he died for all the sinners in this world. Now think about what that means to us. You have at your access what Jesus said in a a treasure that's so good, that's so rich, that's so valuable that when you find it, it's like, well, I need to sell the farm. Here's the good news. You don't have to buy this hope. You don't have to earn this hope. This hope is free. It's because it was offered on Calvary through Jesus Christ and the work on the cross. Let me explain for a second. Here's what I know to be true. Picture, if you can, a valley, a gorge down below me. Just picture it going thousands and thousands, unending feet. And on the other side of this valley, this canyon, is another cliff. God is on that side. You and I are here. And so when we're born into this world, there's this large valley, this large gorge, this this unending drop between us and God. We can't throw a bridge over it. We can't build it and earn our way there. We can't take other people and fly us over there. There's no way to get to the other side, to God, unless it's through Jesus Christ. That's what the cross has done. The cross and its beams bridge the gap from us to him. We now have an opportunity to cross from the side of death to life. It's through Jesus Christ. That's why in John it says, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. That's how you find life. You can't get this eternal gift unless it goes through Christ. Now listen to me. It's free. All we need to do is receive it. We don't have to go hide it. We don't have to sell the farm. It's available and it's free to us. The cross proves that someone loves you. Imagine, he went to the cross. And people say, well, why do we always talk about the cross? Why do we always talk about uh, blood? Let me explain for a second what it means. You and I, when we were born, were born with sin that was passed down to us from Adam, the first man on planet Earth. His sin nature is inside of every human being that's ever born. It was repudiated to us. It means it came through, our, through the blood and through man after man after man after man that was born. So when your little baby was born, and it seems innocent, it has an old sin nature in it. Yes, your baby that looks like could never do anything wrong. And because of that, we fall short of God, our sin. 
So someone had to come and bridge the gap. When Christ came and he went to the cross, he took your sin, he took my sin, and he took it to the cross because we needed a perfect sacrifice that could carry the sins of ours. And so when Christ went there, he died for the whole world. So what he's saying is the cross is the crux of hope for us. John 16, 33 says it this way. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Don't be crushed by despair. I have overcome the world. When all hell breaks loose, you have security. You have an anchor in the cross in this eternal treasure called Jesus Christ. If it's just something that was temporary, then it's not very good. But this is eternal. When you come to Christ, it's an eternal gift from him. It's the anchor for the soul, and it keeps us firmly secure in every step that we take through him. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Let me explain it to you better. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Let me tell you about this cross gift and why it's so significant and why we need the cross to find this eternal gift, this treasure that's out of this world good. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Please turn there. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's look at verses 19 to 20. I'll wait till you turn there. It's important enough that you find this. It's a great passage to underline in your Bible too or mark in your, in your iPhone or iPad. Hebrews 6, 19 and 20 says this. We have this what? As and what? For the what? Look at that again. We have this what? As in what? For the what? And it's firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus had entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever. In other words, there is this hope and it's anchored to the cross. Most of us are familiar with anchors. Most of us have have either seen a boat or been on a boat. And generally speaking, boats have different kinds of anchors. Anchors are thrown in the water. In this case, it would drag across the bottom and it would dig in so that when it digs in, it holds the boat in place. Otherwise, the boat just kind of aimlessly floats around and gets moved by the water. But this anchor allows you to remain secure, steadfast in that place that you want to stay in. The author of Hebrews says this, that the cross is an anchor for our souls. So when you take this gift, it anchors to the cross, goes under the inner sanctuary where Jesus, the forerunner of our faith, went and is seated and it's there in the throne room. The other end of it is anchored to our souls. And it says that we're firm and secure. So here's the picture. We, as a result of taking this gift, have this anchor secured to the cross. So right now, you and I who have trusted in Jesus Christ, Scripture says, are firmly secured to Christ at the cross. We're not aimlessly floating around. Jesus has our back. Jesus is in control. We're not going to float off into oblivion. No matter what happens, we got Christ anchored to our souls. So you will always have him by your side. But if you don't have Christ, if you don't have this eternal gift, you're just aimlessly working your way around through life. You're floating from from town to town, city to city, problem to problem. You don't have anyone to secure you and to protect you. But when you're anchored to Jesus, it's secure ground in Christ. So Jesus gives us this picture. This possession, this treasure is so good that you better not leave the room without it. Turn back, he finishes up. Look at Matthew chapter 13. Look at verses 47. Jesus goes on with this this analogy of the kingdom of heaven. Then he says this in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 47. Look what he says. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a what? 
that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of what? When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the what away? This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace called hell where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood these things, Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. So Jesus gives this another parable. And he says this, at the end of the age, in other words, when you pass away and you stand before God, there will be this net, like a fisherman. When a fisherman fishes, he throws his net out and he gathers fish. So once he gathers the fish, he collects the fish, brings them back to the shore. And when he brings them back to the shore, it says he separates them. He takes the fish, and in this case of Jesus' time, they often threw the catfish and the eel away. But he would take the fish and separate them. Good fish, bad fish. Righteous fish, wicked fish. In other words, heaven and the blazing furnace called hell. Jesus said at the end of the age, all of us will be gathered like fish are into a net and will go before God. And based upon the decision whether or not you took this eternal treasure, you will be tossed to heaven or you'll be tossed to hell. And if you're not rooted and anchored in Christ in the cross, then your destination is hell. Let me tell you something. Hell is a real place. I don't care what people want to tell you. It's a real place. It's where people that go are far from God. So Jesus is saying this. If you haven't taken this eternal treasure, then the kingdom of heaven's not yours. Your kingdom will be spent in hell with Satan, burning where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible tells us this about this treasure that this man found out in the field. He said, it's so good that don't leave the room without it. The treasure is available to all that come, the Bible tells us. The hope is Jesus Christ and he'll change your life. You can't do enough. Here's the difference in this parable. You don't have to earn this treasure. It's not like, well, I need to come to church like four times a year. I need to read my Bible and pray. I need to give. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to serve. I need to be involved in this blitz. I need to do that. No, it's free. The Bible tells us it's by grace through faith, not by works that you're saved. Now, wrap your mind around this. Eternal treasure, so good that you'd be willing to sell everything to get it. Free. Absolutely free. All we have to do is accept it, acknowledge by faith that Jesus is Lord and confess in our mouth that he was raised from the dead and we will be saved. Let me explain how that takes place. Romans 3.23 says this. We have all sinned and fall short of God. That's why we needed a cross. We needed to get across this gorge because when we're born, we have an old sin nature that was passed down from Adam. So every one of us have that. Left to our own, we can't get to that side. It only happens to the cross. We fall short of God. The Bible also tells us that because of that, the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ is eternal life. So that treasure. If you take that treasure, it's eternal life. Now listen, I'm not just trying to get you a ticket out of hell. I'm giving you a God that promises to walk with you on this side of heaven too. We need that God in our lives. Here's the really good news about all this. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, pause for a second to think about this. Jesus, before the foundation of the world, knew what was going to happen. And the Bible says this, that he sent his son to die to the cross. And so... He died for us at our very worst. It's like we didn't have one righteous act that deserved to have a Savior that would redeem the world. So that means this, the very worst condition that you find yourselves in, that's when Jesus came to save you. You don't have to clean yourself up. 
you don't have to say, well, I need to go home, Pastor Jim. Let me talk to my relatives and patch up this relationship. Pastor Jim, let me do this. Let me do that. No, the first step is saying, I need you, Jesus, and let him help you patch the stuff up. He loves us in the armpit of sin, our very worst. I have talked to people hundreds of times that somehow they think, because the enemy wants you to believe this. Well, I'm almost there. It's like, give me a couple more weeks so I can get a little more cleaned up so I understand a little better. Listen to me. Now is the day of salvation. (laughs) Now is the day when you can come to Christ. You don't have to clean yourself up. That's why Christ went to the cross, because we're a mess without him. The Bible also tells us this in Romans 10, 9, and 10. If we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he rose from the dead, we will be saved. Here's the alternative. Being tossed to hell. Listen, please. I don't come up here and preach every Sunday because I like getting paid. I've been telling people about Jesus Christ way before I get paid to tell people about Jesus Christ. Because this gift is priceless. And why? Because I'm a recipient of that hope. And when that hope, Jesus Christ, invaded my life, I could not not tell others about him because it's radically changed my life. I want you to have what I have and then what others have in this room. So, the analogy that we have here is this. We have this rope as an anchor secured to the cross Tied to the cross. And so no matter where I go, I could walk from here to Timbuktu. I could fly from here to Thailand. And the promise is this, that I'm safely grounded and secured in the cross. God's got my back. And there's this promise that I have that my life is anchored in the cross. There's nothing that can separate me from Jesus. So if I breathe my last breath, here's what I know to be true. My next breath, I'm going to see the God that died on the cross, Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? Where's your anchor? Where's your anchor? Where's your anchor? Where's your anchor? Are you holding on to something that's just floating away? Or are you firmly grounded and secure in the cross of Jesus Christ? This is priceless treasure. And when you see it, Scripture says, don't leave the room without it. Jesus said a man found it and he sold the farm. The good news is you don't need to sell the farm. It's available to you today. And all you got to do is step out in faith and say, I need hope that's eternal, that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Oh, God, please, please don't anyone leave the room right now in the link or in the main. This hope is so priceless and so incredibly powerful that once you hold on, it could change your life. If you're in this room and, and you're not certain of a moment in your life where you trusted Jesus Christ and your lifeline is in something that's fleeting, then listen to me. Come to Jesus. Your anchor would be the cross. The Bible is clear that no man gets to the Father except through Jesus Christ. The Bible was clear that we all fall short because of our sins. And the Bible was clear that we don't earn our salvation. The Bible was clear that it's by grace through faith. And I want to give you that opportunity today to not leave this room without this incredible hope of Jesus Christ. It's available to you. It's, it's, it's within grasp. The lifeline is out. The rope is there. It's ready to be clung by you and held on to. I want to ask you a few questions while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Do you know that you know that there's been a time in your life where you trusted Christ and you surrendered everything to him? If you're banking on being good, if you're banking on coming to church, if you're banking on your parents' faith, if you're banking on being a teacher or or being someone that serves, listen to me, it's not on any of those things. We can't earn it. Those come as a result 
is free. It's, you're one step away from this eternal hope, this lifeline. And it's available to you today. We've already had gobs of people who've trusted this eternal gift and surrendered. If you're in this room and you're saying, man, Pastor Jim, I need that eternal hope. And, and if you can't find a time in your life where you drove a stake in the ground, if you don't have what I call a stake in the ground moment that where you remember, that's when I stepped across the line. That's when I grabbed a hold of the anchor. Then listen, don't leave this room. Don't leave the link. And if you're in the link, we're gonna give you a chance here in the main too to come and grab this lifeline. The Bible says this in Hebrews. Just, just look up a second and look at this verse. Look what it says in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter six, it says this. Just, just take a look. Look what it says. We who have run for our very lives to God, have every reason to grab the promise hope. This is with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual what? Reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus running on ahead of us, the forerunner, has taken up his permanent post as the high priest for us. It's a permanent lifeline and it's available to you to you, to you, to the guy in the back of the room and the gown sitting in the seat in the back. It's available. It's a treasure so good that it's available to you in the link sitting in the corner. Jesus says, come and take the lifeline and trust in him. We're going to give you a chance to do that. Would you stand with me? If you're in the link or you're here in the main and if you want to trust in this gift, maybe, maybe you're here today, by the way, and you're with somebody. You brought someone and they invited you. Hey, come and maybe they brought you. Let me tell you, if they brought you, they brought you because they love you so much. They want you to know why they believe in God. They want you to hear that this relationship with Christ is so good. They don't want you to leave without him. Maybe you just walked in off the street. Listen, you can't find this out on Main Street. It's only through Jesus Christ. So as we sing this song, and I'm going to ask you to do something. In the link, I'm going to ask you to work your way over. There'll be some people to help you out. I'm going to ask you in the main, just come and grab a hold of the rope and kneel. Just say, I'm clinging to Jesus. I'm trusting in Jesus. I'm going to let him make something beautiful of my mess. I'm going to let him take my old creation and turn it into something new. By the way, don't let those voices that are saying, hey, I can't do that. Don't let your pride stop you. You might leave this room and be in an accident and never have another chance. You have a chance. You're alive. Come to Jesus as we sing this song. Just come and kneel and grab the lifeline.